0: Hello, the internet, and uh, maybe some of Tameside. I'm sure you guys are listening. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to another instalment of the <laughs> Film Me In podcast with your host Zander Langwest, and That's me, and I'm joined once again. It's um, it's become a bit of a regular thing, this, isn't it? Um, yeah, just it's <laughs> it's my good friend and local filmmaker, Mr. David French. How are you doing, David? That's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 doing good. I'm all right. You know, good keeping keeping safe. Excellent. It's good to hear. Um, yeah. we're back to talk about some more Harry Potter because that's our lives, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> what we do. I keep thinking of that's new ideas with our lives. I keep thinking of new ideas for the podcast. I'm like, oh god, we're still halfway through Harry Potter. Looking, <laughs> i have just don't got more Harry Potter to talk about. I don't want to anymore. I'm done. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm I think of I, it. I, I just want just kill Voldemort. Let us get on with it. Yeah. We'll do another one. Uh, come on, mate. Let's just crack on. <laughs> come um, on, Voldemort. just just stop terrorizing Harry, so we can continue our lives, please. <laughs> so, um, th- this one is. The episode is going to be called Harry Potter and the uh, Hormonal Teenagers, but really, <laughs> I want to call it Harry Potter and the Horny, Harry and the horny Teenagers, because they're, everyone's horny in these movies. Yeah. Everyone's horny. In, it's really funnily horny. It's brilliant, like, how horny. Even in the Goblet of Fire, though, like, <laughs> they start getting really horny. There's a little bit of horniness, but in... There's a fair bit of horniness in Goblet of Fire, but then the second it goes into Order of the Phoenix, it's like, boom, we all want to... You know, do it. <laughs> <laughs> all they're, of them just want to do it. They're still all fifteen. David, come on, what are you playing at? Yeah, but at the same time, when you were fifteen, you were wanting to do it with every person that you saw. Let's be honest, Xander Hi, Nan, if she's <laughs> listening. Um. So let's let's just. <laughs> oh my we, god! So we've got. Order of the Phoenix and Harple <laughs> of Prince to get through. Um they're both fairly dense movies. So um They're very good. And there's not there's not much yet. there's not much news, so we'll just kick right off with a uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Well, how was it? Wet. <laughs> I mean she was sort of crying. That eye. I'm sure Harry's kissing was more than satisfactory. Da 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 wasn't a Harry Potter sound, I just felt like doing a little theme tune. Um, this is the movie I've seen the least. I think this is the movie I've seen the the third least, apart from like the movie I've seen the second least is Half of Prince, and then the only one I've ever watched once was Definitely Hal's Part One. We'll get to it next week. We'll get to it next week because yeah. I'm I'm very we'll. excited to rewatch that one. I haven't watched it in forever, I so I'm actually excited to watch it. It's a cracker, you know. Forgotten. It's a, it's a low-key banger. But we'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to it next week. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to, Every it. Week, we'll, we'll get, get to it next week. <laughs> hey, David. We'll get to it. we we'll, um, we get to it. So, I've so Order of the features, yeah. it's uh, After watching it, it sort of feels like it's the easiest to skip. If you're doing a rewatch and you kind of want to miss a couple of films you could easily miss this one and skip straight to or skip to, straight to Half-Blood Prince. Kind of, yeah. I, I feel like you could do that for Chamber of Secrets as well. Yeah, Chamber of Secrets, you can do that. Except for the ending, because the ending reveals that he's Tom Riddle, and that plays into Goblet of Fire quite a bit. Kind of. And it also plays into this one a decent amount, just because like, they call him Tom rather than Voldemort. Like they get to use his. I real guess, but name. you could, you could. I mean, you can pick up certain things from context without yeah, having can. to experience the movie. Like in, in Order of the Phoenix, the big thing that happens is that everyone finds out that Voldemort is actually back. But really, Didn't find that out you, in the next one. Yeah, you can really yeah. sort of if you just watch the fourth one and then the sixth one, you sort of like, well, yeah, we see him at the end of the fourth one. So the last movie was just getting everyone on side. Right, that's fine. Yeah. So now we're at six. That feels like all oh, this movie really does, and it, you know, kills off certain characters, but they don't really get mentioned again in this, in nah. the sixth one, until, like, the eighth one. Yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah. It's still a decent movie, though. I like it's it. It's still a cracking film. I, I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. It's, it, was, um, it was a very fun film to watch. Yeah. It feels, it feels back to it feels very much in vain of the first three feels yeah. like we've gone. We've had the first three kid adventures. Then the fourth one is trying to take that kid adventure and make it darker, give it a darker twist. And then in this fifth one, we've got half a dark movie and half a, Oh, we're still having fun at Hogwarts and we're training everyone. Oh, this is going to be great. True. And we've Got an evil like, pink so, lady. There's a lot of subtext that's really dark to that as well. The fact that, like the the headmaster or the new headmaster when she becomes a new headmaster is torturing the students quite oh, yeah. literally. And then there's the fact that the reason that they're having to train each other, that Harry's having to teach them, is because they are neglecting the fact that these kids are in danger. Yeah, it's a, it's and an interesting look that. at the I, it's world. A, it's it's, it's yeah, an it's, interesting it's, it's very, commentary. Very interesting. Yeah, because they're like they're trying to just cover it up. I it say, seems no, a lot it's... more political than you think. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely, it, it definitely like has a lot more subtext than like fun fantasy wizard movie. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We'll just let's uh, do what we normally do. We'll go through the Wikipedia yeah. plot, which we now know misses out about half of the movie. But yeah. if we think of something in between and this is why you this is why your teachers usually, you know, tell you not to use Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is exactly why.
0: Right. It's just not very useful. Really, like, I should use the INDB one. I think that said... one's more in depth. But use on, the INDB one. I'm on Wikipedia now. I I've <laughs> yeah, come it's professional. We've come I'm this on, far. Yeah, I might as well do it. We've come this far. We'll be use the Wikipedia. In Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I can't just type it in again. <laughs> I can't read while I'm also trying to see things. Um, so this movie kicks off. Uh, during another summer with his Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon, Harry Potter is expelled from Hogwarts after he uses magic to save himself and Dudley from Dementors. So Dudley's the, the kid. The yeah. Dudley's kid. Uh, I love how he has gone from like being a snivelly little rich child to a bully who beats up 10-year-olds. I lo- I, I, <laughs> I Yeah. I think it's uh, really it really speaks to the age that these guys are at that when yeah. the opening line to this movie is Harry saying to Dudley, "Hey, Big D," "Hey, Big D," because they call him Big. They must call him Big D. That must be his name. Like, like, his mates obviously like. calling Big D because he's fat. But he's thinking of it as you know, I'm I'm Big D. I'm a, I'm an hard man. I'm an hard and man, Big I'm D. I'm an hard man, Big D. And then there's the fact that he beats up 10-year-olds. He beats up 10-year-olds, yeah. He this one ten- deserved it. This one deserved it. Like, how does a 10-year-old deserve to be beaten up by a 15-year-old? You're literally... Also, also, Ugh. Uncle Vernon and Al Petunia, like, in the early ones, dress him up nice and proper, nice and, you know. Yeah, and he's a like proper chav in this. He's a proper chav. He's a proper he's a chav. chav. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's the chavvy. He's literally the stereotypical chav. You 100%, 100%. see that you think, chav. Yeah, he's a proper preppy kid who probably goes to private school this, that, and the other in the first four films, and then immediately chav, <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Yeah, it's he, like that he, skit the guy, wire. You know when he's like some... Peter turns, but he like when he turns eighteen or something like that, and he's like, hey, guys, baseball yeah and it's just like his balls just drop and he's immediately like emo and everything <laughs> it's exactly like that no it's, it's a vine i'm sure he says hey guys i'm gonna go play baseball okay i'm gonna go f- off right now <laughs> yeah it does i'm thinking of um have you ever seen sorry i've got no head on cbc yes it was like the um the skit where it's like oh my god he's finally turning 16 and then he just turns emo he has a seizure and then turns emo God's sake! Um, <laughs> it's yeah, exactly d- so, like that for a chap. So these dementors come and hurt him, and it, they try and suck his soul out, and then he, he uses Patronus, and like Dudley is messed up. He like yeah, can't Dudley's move. Like, he's like ah. <laughs> he's like well, then again that that's explained in like the in the fourth or the third movie when the dementors are introduced, where it's just like they suck the the life out of you. Yeah, and they were they were going on him for quite a while, and obviously. He's not they, they really, he's had him for too quite a many while, bad yeah. memories. He's had a pretty decent life, Dudley, from what we've seen anyway. Other than, you know, Harry giving him a pigtail. Or not Harry, pit, um, Hagrid giving him a pigtail. Yeah. And just bullying kids. But, Beating up 10 year olds. Yeah. Like, that. that's the only bad thing that's ever happened to him. Like, um, he didn't even care when his aunt flew away. He was just eating. He was just eating, yeah. My he God. was just eating. What a legend. <laughs> what um, a legend. So, um, Harry's whisked off by a group of wizards, uh, including Mad-Eye Moody and Remus yep. Lupin from yep. the third and fourth one. Um, and then several new faces, including, and you don't get, I didn't get these names in the, in the movie. I don't think they get mentioned. The like, only name I can remember is Nymphadora. Nymphadora. And she gets really angry, even though that's her character name. She's called that's Nymphadora. She's like, don't call me Nymphodora. It's like is she name love. What are you, what are you want? I'm on pretty about? sure she probably just wants to be called Dory. Dory. She just wants to so, be called Dory, man. So Ellen DeGeneres is there. We've got yeah, and then we've got and Kingsley Shatterbolt. Who? Kingsley Shacklebolt. Shacklebolt. Yeah, that's it. That's his character name. It's the guy okay, with the funny that, hat. That makes you think of the Skaven from Warhammer. It's the guy with the they funny. Sh- it's the guy with the funny hat and the purple robes.
1: Who's like later on. You got to admit
0: it. Dumbledore's got style. Oh god, ah, that guy. I don't even you know who this guy though. is. He, he does <laughs> have style. No, no idea. idea. That that moment is sick, and he does got style. I don't. But the line's bad. Anyway, um, they, t- <laughs> they take him to uh, Sirius Black's home, uh, who we now know is his godfather. Uh, the building also serves as the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix. Roll credits. So, <laughs> I'm just—it's just because just I'm wearing a. a it's shirt. It is. It is literally that. Um, this is a secret organization founded by Dumbledore, which informs Harry that the Ministry of Magic is refusing to believe Lord Voldemort's return. Um, at the orders, at the orders headquarters, headquarters, Sirius mentions that Voldemort is after a special object he did not have during his previous attack. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. By the way, like we know this now is is that prophecy? Yeah, that storyline goes nowhere because like he gets well, the prophecy I mean, they break pro- and it prophecy it, it, don't I? it? he smashes and you're like, okay, sick. What was that for? Why does he need that right now? Because he he yeah. doesn't he doesn't in the eighth film. He's not like man. I could t- totally destroy Hogwarts single handedly right now if only I had that darn prophecy from the fifth one. <laughs> But no, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, I think it was just, like, a way to, like, scare them. Uh, the only thing I can imagine them needing it for is just to make it easier, and so they wouldn't have taken eight films, they would have taken six. But he had to get another one anyway. I know, but they know this. Mo- these <laughs> movies make so much money, so they're like, listen, we can either give you six we films and have, have this over quickly. You end it in six, or we pad it out for another three films. And you get an extra paycheck, Valdi." It's like, oh, and- and well, you get to do a weird laugh. You get to do a weird laugh. Get, take it or leave it. Fine, ah, i do the weird ah, laugh. Ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't wait to play that. I can't wait to just watch that clip. I'm going yeah, we'll to rewind the that. film whilst watching it just so I can watch that, just listen to it again. Um, so, Harry's expulsion is reversed at a hearing of the Ministry of Magic and he returns to Hogwarts for his fifth year. Um, yes. That... That like um, hearing because he he basically it's illegal for underage wizards to use magic outside Hogwarts. But once again, there's also the fact that he's already done that before, and he, and the Ministry of Magic was just like, ah, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's just a prank. Yeah. And then there's the fact that this was self-defense. So no matter what, yeah, he's and gonna get out of there. And it's implied that the uh, Ministry sent the Dementors because the Dementors work for the Ministry of Magic. So that yeah. there's no way they could be anywhere other than Azkaban. So it's it's implied that the Dementors were sent by the Ministry, by the ministry. to shut Harry up. Because Harry, in the end of the fourth one, as we remember, uh, Cedric Diggory dies and Voldemort yeah. comes back to life. So now he's blabbing about saying, oh my God, he's back, Lord Voldemort's back. And everyone's like, shh, you're going to panic everyone. So they're just trying yeah. to shut him up. Which is actually kind of dark. Well, yeah, it's silencing the people. Yeah, man. Like, it's literally just like what, you know, what has happened many times in the past. Somebody gets scared because there's something very serious happening. Yeah. And the government or like the people in control basically just try and silence them. They are corrupt. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was trying to do a, a Bane impression. Take Gotham they back from there. the corrupt. You need a Pringles can so you can do it. Take Gotham back from the corrupt. That's how he says it, corrupt. Make the jump without the rope. <laughs> I haven't watched that film. How long do we get market fresh strawberries? <laughs> I'm Bane, um, yes. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen the Bane rap? No, I yeah, haven't. Oh Dude, I'm going to play it for you right now. <laughs> the Bane rap. I really hope you keep this into the podcast so that people can hear my (laughs) disappointment. It's fantastic, honestly. I should have played this during the Dark Knight podcast. A Bane rap. Here we go. You are not ready for this. Right. Big shout out to Oral Nauts. Who is the one man to have defeated me in freestyle? Only me. <laughs> yes. Only you. Leo <laughs> So he's doing the Would football else field. else care to challenge yeah. me? That's what I thought. DJ, DJ. drop a beat. Oh, DJ. That's right, Gotham. I can't hear a thing. I'm Brain, yes, that's my name. When you hear the name, Ben, I guarantee the pain. I'm coming after you, Bruce Wayne. I'm stronger, smarter, clinically insane. I'm Brain, that's my name. Bruce Wayne is a Batman and totally the same. I broke his back come combat smack, Then I cracked my 28 crook Champagne. Who likes hip Who likes hip-hop? <laughs> Please stop. Stop, I beg no. you. Why not? I'm mean, Yes! It's a I'm shame! So I'm clear proud alone. You <laughs> all play much Bane! I laugh when you ask why I wear the mask! I'll explain! You should because be I'm mean. Bane! Yes, that's my name! You, you say it to him, what's the name? Oh, a course. Something my bad. plan lacks gain! You say it to my face, I'll crash your plane! When I say no, you say survival! No! No! I say no! You say survival! You suck, Bane! Who's this? Sir, T- please stop. I just want to talk about <laughs> high body, so music. I, so would you shout hey, Talk <laughs> about high So, so would you You suck, Bane! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was my childhood right there. <laughs> that was your childhood. The yeah. movie came out in what? 2011? 2012. 2012. So that probably would have come out in like halfway through 2012, maybe 2013. That was my entire 2013, then leave me alone. Um. <laughs> yeah, so that was seven years of your life that you've dedicated to liking that song. I <laughs> rate you listen to that every day. Uh, uh, the I've reason actually listened, you remember I've, that is because you listen to it every day. I actually haven't lately. listened to that song in years. Anyway, Harry Potter. Um, yeah, this hearing's bad. It's dumb. And everyone's really mean. Everyone just wants Harry in, Harry in prison. Mad. Well, this is like... I can never remember the name. I just call her the Pink Lady. Because the pink she's lady. like, like She's not even necessarily a good villain. She's just a character. She's and called Dolores like Umbridge. The, Dolores. Like, I don't even remember her name. That's how bad of a character she is. I she's think not even like a likable villain. She's hilarious in this. She's hilarious because the, like, buddy fred and george just take the royal Uh, out of her she's played by imelda staunton and i think what's she in um no idea i'll find out She's because i don't remember her from anything um no i mean either movies she's in nanny mcphee she's in chicken rum She's in I mean she's in Chicken Run, she's obviously one of the pick greatest actresses of all time. <laughs> Chicken Run's amazing. She was oh in Maleficent. podcast. She was in Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, was she the Queen? No, that was Helen Bottom Classic. No, uh... she, she voice she provided the voice of the talking flowers. Of course she did. Um yeah, I don't really know it. I don't yeah. Yeah. See, usually when you see, like, a villain like that or a character like that who is pretty infamous in the movies just because, you know, they're a villain. Usually they get a lot of roles, but I think in her, like, in her case, because the character was just. No, I thought, I thought, I thought she was like, maybe the best part of this movie. Oh, I, I just couldn't stand her. She's. I um, liked it when she died. She, she, she doesn't die though. She kind of dies. Well, she gets exited from the movie. She doesn't die. Basically, in my mind, she dies. Well, she um. No, I, I I enjoy her character. She's a lot of fun. She's clearly have. She's clearly like enjoying every minute of being on set with everyone. I like that she paints the um paints her office pink (laughs) everything is pink and i like that montage of her cats i like the yeah exactly she's covering cats uh i like the um i like the montage where she's wandering around the school just like picking on everyone and like she goes up to snape at one point (laughs) because she's the defense against the dark arts teacher and as we all know snape wanted to be as always wanted that job but never gets it and so she yeah. says. So you you first applied for the defense against the dark arts <laughs> um, teaching job, and he says, "Yes." He says, "But but you didn't get oh, it." Geron, and she says, said. "And he he said, you didn't get it." And he says, "Obviously not." <laughs> Runs in front of him and He just bursts out laughing, <laughs> and he just smacks it. That bit I do like. Like there's parts about her character and about just her in general that I do like. I just think that. As a villain she just wasn't villainous enough other than the torturing of the kids. What else did she do it other than enforce rules? It, like what she was doing like the subtext of it with like the, the government the silencing is people. Horrible. But like just it's what so she was dark, doing felt very movie one, two and three. Yeah. Like, oh she's taking the fun out of school, like surely we'll pass this now. Surely, yeah. surely we're into more like the 15th, mature themes. School's not fun anymore. They just want to, you know, get on with their lives and... Yeah. Well, get girlfriends, apparently. <laughs> right, I have some things to say about this. We'll get to it. We're very close to it. <laughs> we're very um, close to that. I can tell exactly what you're going to talk about. So, um, Umbridge immediate, immediately clashes with Harry and punishes him for his lies because he's talking about, you know, how... Cause she's saying we can't, we're not gonna teach you any actual magic. You're just gonna read about it, and he's yeah. like, "But we need to protect ourselves from Voldemort." She's it's like, exactly ah, like real up. school. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't, we don't, yeah. you don't actually do the stuff. You just read about it. Um, As she forces him with a magic quill to write out, "I must not tell lies," and then it appears on his hand and it's carved into his hand. That's messed up. That's some messed up stuff um that is um that is very 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 messy. i think what makes like that scene is one of her best scenes just because it actually shows her as the villain yeah rather she's than just going oh i'm the bad guy it's literally just like okay ha- harry's you know he's in detention this is a normal thing the hell is going on with his hand yeah she's like she's so nice that it's like that she's evil that's she's a that's what i like Sorry, she is literally she's a human oxymoron, like the exact opposite of one and to another. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. Like she's the she's the human contradiction. She's a walking like she's Karen. Super, she's super. Yeah, she's a walking. She's a magic. I mean, Karen. Karen's walk anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a she's a witch, Karen. She's a magic Karen. She she definitely wants to see the manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. Um despite the concern of his best friends Hermione and Ron Harry refuses to report on Bridgie's punishment to Dumbledore who has mysteriously been ignoring Harry since the summer yeah like every time they have a scene together he just completely ignores him he just walks off he he leaves him on red completely literally literally, like just in the courthouse Professor Dumbledore Professor Dumbledore nope not talking can't see you la 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 now just saved you from Azkaban (laughs) I'ma go hit the bar (laughs) yeah oh I need a drink Um, (laughs) as Umbridge's control over the school increases Harry, Hermione and Ron form a secret group to train students in the defensive spells calling themselves themselves Dumbledore's Army Umbridge Umbridge tasks the Slytherin students with exposing the group forming the Inquisitorial Squad Oh my God! What are we, some kind of oh, inquisitorial yeah. squad? <laughs> oh God, I hate you! I love how uh, Malfoy is like barely in this movie as well. Yeah, he's just every now and there, I caught him, Professor. But then there's also the fact that Filch is also part of the inquisitorial Filch squad, and he's really, 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 really happy. He's like, "Yeah, yes, I am the inquisitor." <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, like, I think it's... We, we get introduced in this movie to um. Luna Lovebridge. Luna Lovegood. Yeah, Lovegood. <laughs> Lovebridge. I don't know. I'm talking about Umbridge, aren't I? Luna yeah. Lovegood. And I think... Luna Lovegood. She's great. I, I think she's my favourite character in this movie. I think she's my favorite character in the entire series, just because she's so weird. She's so weird. She's and the she's... most weirdest character, and she's the most relatable character. And she's because so of how innocent. She is. And she's so innocent. She's as so well. cu- She's so lovely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your shoes are missing. I know they've all mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> so are you not going to be bothered about that? But she's <laughs> no. He, he, he says, "I feel a bit cold." He says, "Yes, a bit." Yeah. <laughs> like she's straight to the point though it's like she's there's just no pattering it's literally just yeah yeah they are Yeah, Can't help it. She, got the sweetest she gets the shoes as well. at the end yeah, she, she gets get the shoes, shoes at the end and she she's wearing converse it. because of course she's wearing converse yeah of course she's wearing converse like she is literally like that was the best character arc in the entire movie <laughs> she lost her shoes and she got them she got her shoes she got her shoes back man um, it's the most beautiful story you know, me and... Uh... <laughs> okay, I need to bring up a point, later. Um, I need to remember it. I'm going to write it down. You're going to yeah. write it down? <laughs> I'm going to write it down, because otherwise I will forget, and I'll be editing it. Gonna gonna like, oh, man, drink. I thought about this. Yeah, meanwhile, Harry and Cho meanwhile. Chang, the Scottish <laughs> girl from the last movie. I saw a Twitter <laughs> post earlier this week, and it said uh, white people in Harry Potter, and it's like, Hermione Granger, Albus Dumbledore, Professor McGonagall any asian character cho chang <laughs> come on why are you playing that? god damn it. it's, it's yeah it's a pretty terrible name they develop yeah. romantic feelings for each other and when they do Sorry, just... they they kiss after <laughs> the scene is so awkward right right right, 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 right i just right. love how he explains it as Yes. Very wet. Well, yes. Yes. Right. So, so they they are talking. <laughs> he clearly likes her, and he thinks she likes him. So, yep. She's like they're they're getting really close, and they're looking in a mirror, and on the mirror is a picture of Cedric Diggory, who she went out with in the fourth one, and who's now yep. dead. So she's grieving yep. over her dead boyfriend, and, and then Harry, Harry swoops in. in, magics up some mistletoe, and they mac out. Right. Well, actually. He doesn't do the myth hotel. It is the um Oh I've forgotten why has got the, the rumour requirement. requirement. The so requirement they, uh, the was they, require they were horny. Both <laughs> <myth> of <or laughs> them Yes. The power of boners <laughs> prevails. <laughs> the power of boner will compels you. The power of horny compels you. The power <laughs> of horny compels you. So they, they're kissing. <laughs> you know, it's quite sweet. And then you think, hang on. She's just been talking about a dead boyfriend who she's not quite over and she's making out with Harry. And then in the next scene, Rod's like, so how was it? And he says, it was very wet. So he's like, well, is that a good thing? It's, it's, I don't know. She was crying. <laughs> she was crying. She was crying. And he's he's looking so gassed. He's looking like, yes, I just made out with a girl. What's going on? Dude, she was crying. She was crying. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why is this in this movie? So yeah, that scene is so bad, and then and then Hermione's like going through everything, like that she's going through, she's saying, "Oh, this is you know, she, her boyfriend's dead. Yeah, she, she liked Harry. Harry feel like shit. Yeah, and then and then she just starts laughing. She, they just start all giggling and like, but anyway, Harry <laughs> kissed a girl. Cedric's dead. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna want to oh, kill herself. <laughs> Jesus. And then, by the way, she's not in the next movie. She, yeah, she's, she's not, just not. She's not in the next one. She's gone. <laughs> right, so, um, Harry has a vision involving an attack upon Arthur Weasley from the point of view of Arthur's attacker. Concerned that Voldemort will exploit this connection to Harry, Dumbledore instructs Severus Snape to give Harry Occlumency. Occlumency. Occlamamency. Oc- clemency lessons. Oc-clemency. I don't know, it's a big word. Lessons to defend his mind from Voldemort's influence. Uh this is the scene where Dumbledore like just won't look at Harry. He like Harry's asking yeah. questions like what's happening? And what what's going on? Tell me something. And and Dumbledore's just looking around everywhere else other than him. And he just shouts, Look at me. Wait, uh, I mean, right. he doesn't say it like the Joker does. Oh, yeah, oh. exactly. That's how. Look think. at me. He says, "Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, bro." <laughs> Double door. What you doing? Look at me. Look at me. What? Look Why at me. What are you doing? Look at me. Why do I come on this? Like seriously, I. C- I have to you should look at me. <laughs> This is on the internet, remember, Xander? Yeah. I remember that. My dad's still upstairs. He didn't go downstairs. (laughs) So he just heard you screaming, look at me. I guess. What did you thought you were talking to him? I don't know. He's in the toilet now. I can hear him now. I can hear him in the toilet. No, he's just singing along. (laughs) I'm very confused. I'm I'm going to have to ask him about this. I'm like, what just happened? I thought you went downstairs. I can hear you downstairs. Then suddenly, he's just upstairs again. You said portal, man. I said the power of bonus compels me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, he he just came upstairs at that moment. <laughs> i'm so confused <laughs> my mind is playing tricks on me <laughs> um yeah harry's kind of like yeah. at it with dumbledore because he won't look at him and he won't tell him anything nobody tells harry anything in these movies harry's like I so mean, wrapped up in cotton wool it's ridiculous I, I love the fact that like harry is new to the wizarding world and every single year he has to get told something new about the wizarding world and yeah. then he act like he's stupid it's like yeah I was a muggle. Like I grew I up I don't know. I lived in a cupboard for 11 yeah, years. But <laughs> like, you just tell me. Yeah. Help help me. Help me. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. I did I did I, that I to my gonna... I, I did that to my dad and I just did not understand it at all. He was like what's well, going on here? Oh, yeah. Good. What are you doing? Oh I got, I got him to watch Midsummer with me. Oh God, why would you watch that with him that really awkward sex scene? I gave him a choice. I said, do do you want to watch Blade Runner 2049? Because we watched the first Blade Runner. Or do you want to watch Midsummer?" And he said, well, I've heard, uh, you know, I'm interested in Midsummer, So we'll watch that. I was like, cool, cool. And we got about two hours into it and and he was really enjoying it. And then I forgot that the sex scene happened. (laughs) It's the only thing I remember from that film. And then he's just, he's so (laughs) awkward, man. He's so uncomfortable. And like, yeah, I had to. I had to sit in a cinema just... with five, four, five other friends. Wait, no, let me count. Five other friends, right? And a packed, a packed cinema. Every single person dying of laughter over not only the like the voices, <laughs> the sound effects, and the, the music to co- accompanying it, and the movement. Yeah, none of us could control our laughter at that um, moment. I watched that with Lydia, and with my dad. I win. I win uh, everything you said. I watched it say. with five of my good friends we ju- and we ju- a hundred strangers. We we just started giggling. Honestly, my, uh, my uh, first I, was, I just didn't want to look at my dad, and then he just started laughing when they all when all the old women were like moving the boobs Pushing around. like ah, ah He just started laughing. <laughs> honestly, like I don't. That movie is the most pretentious Wicker Man I've ever watched in my life. It's re. You know what? I find it really easy to rewatch that movie. I've seen what, it like five Midsommar? times. Yeah. I've, the a Wicker Man I can rewatch all the time because I love the Wicker Man. But Midsummer I can't stand because it's just a Wicker Man, but with a really awkward sex scene and pew pies. Not like it's. I like the world they create. I really like the world. I love the cinematography. I think yes. the cinematography is perfect. And like the, but the, I think the writing, the story behind her parents, that doesn't even play into it anymore. it does, like, it's all The movie is about And her. then at the end it's just like, right, well I'm just gonna just I'm literally gonna betray every single person here because he cheated on me. F- him, he's gonna no, die. The the the, the movie is all about her losing everything, losing her family, and then getting a new one because yeah, all she I wants is for people that. to understand. She wants people to understand how she feels and her boyfriend and the people she has left can't do that. They can't empathize with her properly. So when she goes to this place and she starts crying, other people are with her. And that scene when she's like in, when when she sees a, a boyfriend cheating on her, she goes into that room with all the other women and they all do the same thing as it. Cause they're like, okay, we're, and they, like can they connect with her? On I, an emotional I can understand level. that. But then there's the fact that the ending just goes from zero to 100 with he gets stuffed into a. Wasn't it a bear? A bear, yeah. Just out of nowhere. The bear's pretty weird. The bear's a weird inclusion. That, but that think, doesn't really mean anything. I think anything. that's kind that of a joke because she, he cheated on her. I think and that's and kind of a joke literally... in the movie, though, because they walk past the bear earlier on and they just say, Are oh, we just going to ignore the bear? It's like, Just a bear, mate. You know? So I, I don't know, and yeah. I, I may need to read more into it about the symbolism of the bear. But I like the rest. I like I, just, I like the movie, and I understand why I think you don't. The movie don't, is but... in itself is fine. Yeah, I prefer Hereditary to it. Hereditary is so good. I don't mind Hereditary compared to Midsummer. I think the Hereditary is okay. Once again, gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. I mean, they're both very Endings different. Happens movies. for no f- reason, and they have the same ending. Kinda, kinda. Basically, like a cult happens, and one of them becomes king or queen of the cult, whilst the rest of them die. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. At, at least in Midsummer, yes. the cult is already there at the beginning. <laughs> well, actually, in In Hereditary, the cult's there at the beginning. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? At the, they're at the funeral. Over. The... Ah, oh yeah. Stick that. Fair in enough, your, Stick that in you pipe and smoke it where are they the rest of the movie hiding they're like they're manipulating everything in that movie that symbol is everywhere in that movie is it yeah like it's on the on the signpost that see you know what though that was another thing like i feel like you had for that movie to really take effect you had to watch the trailer because I didn't watch the trailer and you like always oh, like the the whole thing of that movie was everybody was shocked about that death. Yeah. Because of how misleading it was in the trailer. Yeah. To be fair. But you're I didn't right, watch though. our trailer. I didn't watch it at all. I went into this movie completely blind, not knowing anything about it. I just know that you said it was good. And I know that people calling it the, the exorcist of our generation. I was like, you know what? Okay. I'll watch it. And then that happened. I was like, right. Well, so this kid was going to die. I knew it was going to be something to do with the peanuts because they mentioned he has a peanut allergy. Yeah, you but don't like, yeah, mention the peanut allergy if you're not planning on killing off the character. I think that's an example of a really great trailer, of a, of a, of a trailer done well. Anyway, I watched the of trailer. Like and up, the trailer was great, and, and I feel like I would have enjoyed that. the. I feel like I would have enjoyed the movie more if I watched the trailer. You, ne- you never, that, you? you never hear that, do you? You never hear people say that. <laughs> you very rarely hear the tra- The film would have been better if I saw the trailer, but. <laughs> At the same time, like, the movie was better for Mission Impossible Fallout like, because I watched the trailer because it got me hyped for the movie and then the movie, like, exerted Can't my Can't fight the friction! Like, that movie was phenomenal. Oh, can we do a podcast on the Mission Impossible series? Maybe. Maybe. I want, I, I want an excuse to re-watch all of those movies except for two. I mean, like, we're gonna... It's, it's gonna be a slow build-up because we're just gonna be like, okay, one and two. No, the first one's yeah, three. Okay. Three no, and the four, we're getting better. Five and six, good God. Get out. Yes. Get out. <laughs> no, like, the first one's... Third one's pretty damn good. Fourth one's great. Fifth one's great. Sixth one's the best movie. It's it The sixth one might be one of my... It's in my, like, I've made a top 50 list, I think. I think it's 50 yeah. anyway, uh, on Letterboxd, and I, that's in it. That I couldn't, would definitely be in my top 50. I couldn't decide whether He's I wanted four or six, because they're both it would the be. S- See, Six is the only proper sequel, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Considering it's the only one with the actual same villain. The only only thing connects in the rest of those movies are the characters themselves. But this one has the same villain again. And he's just as good as in Five. Except now with Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill is really good in that movie. He's amazing in that movie. Yeah. And then there's a reloading his guns moment. And then be like, I remember dush, that moment dush. in the cinema. I remember that moment in the cinema when we were watching it day one with all the people and every single person in that cinema said, dush, dush, because it was dush, revealed dush. that that's, that sound effect isn't in the movie. Oh, uh, I was so disappointed. I was so dis- <laughs> I, I want there to be a cut of that movie where it's the exact same thing. Except but it's got the, the trailer noise. The, <laughs> <laughs> the sound effect is put in. just goes yes <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> we do this every time um, we actually do sometimes. time right this causes Harry to further isolate himself from his friends um, having those lessons with Snape so Snape basically is yes. like okay I'm gonna read your memories and you've gotta fight back and he's like oh no and so Snape's just learning all his secrets really basically. anyway um, meanwhile Sirius is Deranged Death Eater cousin Bellatrix Lestrange escapes from Azkaban. Uh, This is Helena Bonham Carter. Yep. Uh, She's great. I. Oh, yeah, she's incredible. She's fantastic. I I love. And in the next ones. I I love Helena Bonham Carter in general as an actress because she's. No matter what role she's playing, she brings all of the energy to it. She does. She really does. Like, Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd. She's amazing. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh my god, dude! Sweeney Todd is incredible, especially with Helena Bonham Carter. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. She always brings the energy, and in this, she's having an insane amount of fun. And she's that villain, like Voldemort. Sure, you want to see, him, you want to see him dead, but yeah. she's the one you want to see dead. Yeah, she's the you, one you cannot wait to kill her to see die. You're like and you're that, actively that rooting happens. for everyone to kill her. At the end of this movie though. Yeah. Like that, that feeling happens at the end of this film. It's the it's not that what she does,
1: it's it's the how, how she, she acts, acts afterwards.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Because what what's worse it, like uh, can, should we just say it? It's the gloating. It's the gloating, it's the yeah. being a poor winner. And that follows hey, on into the next one. Let's get to that moment so that we can, you know, talk about it a bit more in depth because yeah. I really want to talk about that moment. Yeah. Um uh, she escapes Askaban with nine other Death Eaters uh, that yes. are Death Eaters of Voldemort's followers. Um, yeah, as, as shown in Goblet of Fire. Yeah. At Hogwarts, Umbridge and her Inquisitorial squad expose Dumbledore's army by forcing Cho to drink Veritaserum. I don't know what that is. It's, like a, um, it's basically the truth potion. Ah, right, okay. Um, Dumbledore escapes... As Fudge orders his arrest. Cornelius Fudge, not just yeah. a tray of fudge. Yeah. Um I mean that wouldn't be surprising in the Harry Potter universe though. So. Yeah. Um Umbridge becomes the new headmistress. Yes. Um Harry's refusal to forgive Cho causes their relationship to fall apart. Sick. She's got another reason just to be depressed. Yeah. Um The occulumcy lessons end after Harry discovers through Snape's memories that Harry's father, James, often ridiculed him. So his dad's a bully. Yeah. Great Harry, stuff. the chosen one, his dad's a bully. Sick. Yeah. Um, after seeing another vision where Sirius is tortured by Voldemort, Harry, Ron, and Hermione rush to Umbridge's fireplace to alert the Order via the flu network, but are caught by her. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Through cryptic language, Harry alerts Snape of the situation, who in turn alerts the Order. When Umbridge threatens to use the... Crust- crustaceous... I mean, he doesn't. It's not really cryptic, though. He literally just says he has padfoot. Like we all know that what that means. The only person who doesn't understand that in that room is basically just her. Because even like Ron and Hermione understand that. Well, yeah, that's why it's cryptic. Is. That's why it's cryptic. Yeah, it's really funny though the fact that the, the only person in that room who's important to the story who doesn't understand is Umbridge. Yeah. Like everybody um, else is like, all oh, right, I I get it. Um, yes, so, Umbridge so, is like... So Umbridge what? threatens to use the cru- Cruciatus 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 curse on Harry. Uh, it's Hermione, a um, forbidden curse. Hermione tricks her into entering the Forbidden Forest in search of Dumbledore's secret weapon. But as we learned earlier, um, Hagrid's got a brother who's this brother. big uh, big giant called Grawp. It's a troll. I'm pretty sure it's a troll, isn't it? That's no, it's just a giant, isn't it? Yeah, giant, giant, giant half brother. Yeah, no, because yeah, his um, his dad was a giant, and his mother was. Oh wait, no, his mother was a giant. And his, dad, his dad was tiny. How would that? Wa- anyway, I th- don't know. Like I a- actually don't know. That'd be like a cave. Anyway, um, <laughs> Harry and Hermione lead Umbridge to the hiding place of Rufus Hagrid's giant half brother Grop, only to be confronted by centaurs who kidnap Umbridge after she attacks and insults them. So now Umbridge is gone, she's gone. Yeah. Um, Harry, Hermione, Ron, Ginny, Luna, and Neville fly to the Ministry of Magic on thestrals in an attempt to save Sirius. Those are the creatures that pull the carts, and you can only see them if you see Death. And Luna's like, "Yeah, Yeah. see them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, great little creatures. Yeah, they're they're cool." And she's just, "How come you can see them? It's only for those who've seen Death." (laughs) (laughs) She... Well, then. <laughs> but she like she throws an apple to Christ. one of these one of the younger ones the Theshals yeah. earlier on and and it's like oh no i don't want any of that and then after a bit she just pulls out a slab of meat and throws it to it and then it eats it like you're, <laughs> you're carrying meat in your bag yeah that, that's why i love luna just a raw slab of, of meat just ca- in your hand she's the kind of person that would just carry a piece of toast in her bag because she should save it till later yeah it's definitely unbuttered as well Ugh, yeah exactly dirty. it's obviously gonna be Nah, it's not gonna be unbuttered. It's going to have jam on it, and it's going to have another to- piece of toast in between it, so that it stops like stops the jam from getting everywhere. That's clearly what she's doing. I a jam toast. To do that. <laughs> jam toasty. I know somebody used to do it. Jesus Christ. Um. So I'm like, I'm like Paddington, he's got a marmalade sandwich in his cap. Um. The six enter the Department of Mysteries and uncover a bottled prophecy, the object Voldemort was after. Um, however, they are ambushed by Death Eaters led by Lucius Malfoy and Bellatrix Lestrange. This set yes. piece, I find really, I don't like
1: because really? they
0: are very clearly just on a big CGI set. They're not. Yeah. They're not where they are. This hallway is never ending. You don't get a sense of space of where they are. It's far it too gives dark. You it's just a lot more claustrophobic though just because of have thin like it is literally just a lot of hallways basically i think if anything so, it's like, less claustrophobic it's because there is there's so much space you can just run and run for hours it seems in there true and it's but I, at the same time it's the fact that you you don't know that kind of because there's constant corners you can't really see through because of all the prophecies on the window or on the the shelves and everything like that so you're not going to know what's coming around each corner yeah, I, I don't know. I um, think that's what that's what gives it its claustrophobic feel. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I just... kind of agree with you in the fact that it's it's not very like uh, everything else in this film has looked somewhat real at least it feels somewhat you know it it doesn't yeah. look like just a never ending tunnel the hedge maze you could see it had a middle you saw it had an end goal even yeah. though the hedge maze was was huge it was it reminded me more of the shining than anything like that yeah but like this it just it looked. I don't think the CGI looked very good in this. I uh, think it looked fine, but not, like, convincing enough
1: for yeah. the scene.
0: And, uh... Yeah. I d- but anyway, they, um... Where, where is it? Lucius reveals that Harry only saw a dream of Sirius being tortured, which served as a ruse to lure Harry into the Death Eaters' grasp. Uh, Harry refuses to give Lucius the prophecy causing a fight between Dumbledore's army and the Death Eaters. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like I said, yeah. I'm not a big fan of this scene. Uh, the Death Eaters capture Harry's friends, threatening to kill them, unless he surrenders the prophecy. See, this moment, though, like, this, this room, and, like, with the... What is it? The portal or something like that? The archway. I don't... I didn't understand the what the archway was. I don't remember what the archway is. I think it's not explained properly. I think it's um, where souls go. When, yeah, I like, don't know. Where wizard souls go when they die, in like, when... You know... Sirius falls through it, you see his, you know, yeah, his soul go up. So I think it's where, like, wizard souls go when they die. I don't know. I think they were supposed to, you know, build on that a bit more. Yeah, it just... We just didn't have the runtime to, basically. Well, that's the thing. This is one of the shorter Harry Potter films. This is only two yeah. hours 15. So th- I, I feel like it should have been an extra 15 minutes to explain a bit more what that archway was for. Or just, yeah, or just get rid of it. That there doesn't seem yeah. to be any need for it. If you can just kill Sirius, you can just kill him. I think and it's will like, oh, like to have have like Harry see his spirit fly away and know that Sirius is dead completely. Maybe I think there's only that reason. Um, way, um, you know, I, I remember like last episode I was talking about like the Harry Potter the Lego Harry Potter things. Oh, for I, uh, I watched the um I watched the Goblet of Fire one. The way that Buddy. Like Cedric dies is hilarious in Lego Harry Potter. Cause he just fires um, the like the curse at him and he explodes into all of the Lego pieces. And then when he they teleport back, Harry's there holding the Lego head, and instead of like saying, Oh no, my boy Like Dumbledore just gives him a minifigure like sheet on how to put him back together. What on earth? I'm not joking. It's so it's so weird. Like this is one of the biggest deaths of the series. Now his Lego mate just play it back together. My word.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. So here we go. Um, the death. Uh, oh, hang on. This. Uh, oh, as Harry obliges, giving uh, Lucius the prophecy, the Order arrive and attack the Death Eaters. So the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, this causes Lucius to drop the prophecy, destroying it. Like we said earlier, that prophecy seems to go nowhere. Whatever. It doesn't really yeah, matter. Just just smashes. Just as Sirius overpowers Lucius, he is killed by Bellatrix Lestrange, and Gary Oldman, Sirius Black, is gone. Rip. That, Rip, that moment Rip actually just gets me every time. Because it, like, it, it's, so, it's so I mean, out of nowhere. Because like, the fight exactly. is... Exactly. And this is, this is what I wanted to mention. So, me and my dad have been watching Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, we're at the... we on the last episode. And in the second to last episode of the first season, there two characters are talking on the phone, and they're like, right, okay, now that I've done this, I've quit my job, I can finally go and do what I want to do. We'll get we'll get this news out there. We can uh, stop Wilson Fisk. We can stop him in his tracks, you know. We don't need to worry about this anymore. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to get my wife out of the hospital. You know everything's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be absolutely great. And they mention like the future so many times that you just know that one of them's gonna die. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens here. Harry and yeah. Harry and uh, Sirius are like, oh, fighting side by side. Yeah. After this, you know, you can you can come live with me. You can instead live with of, me. Yeah, you can come live with me instead of living with your aunt and uncle. You know, you we I've got this house. You know, you can have it. All this. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna have so much. Uh, dead. He's just building it up for so long that you're just like, yeah, I know he's going to die. Stop it. Stop making it hard. No matter what, like, just get, like, the way that it's done, it's still heartbreaking to watch seriously. It is, yeah. Especially with Harry's reaction. Like, Daniel Radcliffe in this is so good at acting now. Like, he's gotten so much better, especially in this scene alone. When, like, because he's already lost his parents. He lost one of his friends, even though he only knew him for, like, a few days. A year. I knew him for a year. A, a year. Basically, though, a few days. Like, yeah. they every now and then talked on what we saw. But, uh, like, and then there's the fact that, you know, he's now lost his only remaining family. And that bit was just heartbreaking. And then Bellatrix just starts screaming, I killed Sirius Black. Yeah. That's his cousin. That's her, yeah, yeah, his cousin, that, yeah. That's his cousin, and she's, like, parading about that She just killed him. Um, Voldemort appea- is... a- appears, oh. but Dumbledore arrives through the flu network moments before he can kill Harry. A duel between Voldemort and Dumbledore ensues, during which Belladrix escapes. Um, This fight's pretty cool. Yeah, it just looks cool. Yeah, there's like a fire War, dragon. fire and water. Yeah, and then he, like, breaks loads of glass and tries to throw it at him. and he turns into sand and he turns into sand um he he like I like the way Voldemort holds his wand because it's not like normal in between your thumb and your forefinger it's between like I have another Harry Potter thing I've remembered for god's sake (laughs) this is just this isn't even my stuff like this is just something that um like a family friend gave us basically Uh, here we go I can show you how he holds his wand (laughs) You always like what? Hang on, I can't. Go admit, it looks good. Go admit, it looks I pretty th- good. In the movie, it looked like it was between his like third and fourth finger. No, he's holding it like that. Oh, between his second and third? He literally, just like, I can show you there. Bit easier. So he's holding it in all of his fingers. Oh, Except but it, his pinky, but, it's but he's of, holding it like this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he's not holding it like grasping it. He's got like... Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting way to hold back, a wand. Sort of thing. Yeah. There we go. Um, at an impasse with Dumbledore, Voldemort possesses Harry to tempt Dumbledore into sacrificing him. But Harry, thinking of his friends and Sirius, manages to block Voldemort from his body. Uh, Ministry officials arrive right before Voldemort disapparates. Disapparates? Um, Fudge admits Voldemort's return and resigns as minister in disgrace. Umbridge is removed from Hogwarts and Dumbledore returns as headmaster. Dumbledore explains that he distanced himself from Harry throughout the year, hoping it would lessen the risk of Voldemort using their connection. Harry comes to terms with the prophecy, neither can live while the other survives. So this movie was basically just there to say... Mm. Yeah, they're gonna want. one of them has to kill the other. Yeah, that's order of the phoenix. Um, is there any? Are there any other notes you want to say on this? Uh other than the fact that it's like, it feels like a lot of filler, but at the same time, it's not filler. How say, Crimes of Grindelwald feels? Yeah. Because, like, Crime to Grindelwald, even though the next one's now, yeah, it's all filler and then five minutes of story at the end. Yeah. Whereas this, it is five minutes of story at the end, basically. But it still feels like you need to see what ha- what's happening throughout the film so that yeah, you can understand all the characters and all the journey. It's an enjoyable film. It's a very good film. It's just it's not 100% needed, but it's nice as it's there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, kind like a, it's kind of like a a it's kind of like an appetizer for what's to come. Yeah. In the next one yeah i'd give this one i i think as, this is the first one that david yates directs and he yeah. comes in and he directs all the harry potters from here and both yeah. the fantastic beast films i think he does a great job um he did a great job of the first of basically five out of well yeah five um five out of six films then yeah yeah <laughs> Well, the thing is like the he wasn't the problem in crimes of grindelwald We'll get to it, it was, eventually bro it, it was it was her it was JK Rowling being the script writer for god's sake you don't um, write the script I like you the books. I like the costumes in this one because they kind of occasionally keep the they wear their own clothes but they also have during the um like the training sequences they have them wear uniform but it's just shirt tie and a jumper or a cardigan, as if like students are running the school. Yeah, like, they they understood that students don't want to wear a blazer and want to keep all of their ties like fully buttoned up and going against their throat. Yeah, so it's a lot more casual. Like they have to wear the school uniform because they're in school hours. Yeah, I dig, I dig, I dig, to... the, I dig it though. Yeah. I, I like the way it, it's want. a smart like choice of doing that. And I like it. Yeah. Um. Out of ten, what are we giving this? say an 8 i'm going 7 see i feel like 7's too low because i get i'm pretty sure i gave um you gave chamber of secrets Chambers a 7 of secrets a 7 see yeah. i get i gave that in the first one a 6 so i'm comfortable giving this a 7 i'm going to go 8 either that or i'll change my you know what, i'm going to give chamber of secrets a 6 i'm going to change it from <laughs> 3 weeks ago now there we go after thinking about it and then this is a 7 there you go 7 out of 10 for Odd of the phoenix yeah it's yeah. Like I said, it's fine. I I was I was really looking forward to rewatching it because a lot I know there's a few people that say it's their favorite, including uh, I listened to the CinemaSins Cinema Sins podcast, and one yeah. of the hosts on that says the fifth one's his favorite. And I was like, maybe maybe it is good. And my, it's my dad's favorite as well, and yeah, no. Nah, um, Which one is your favorite then? Quickly, I'm guessing we've already gone past it. At the moment, it's Prisoner of Azkaban. Nice. Yeah right Fair. um right let's move on then to harry potter and the half blood prince seriously misunderstood creatures, spiders are the eyes i reckon they unnerve some folk not to mention the pincers yeah i reckon that too see this is when it gets really serious because it's got blood in the title it's got blood <laughs> yeah the next one blood death <laughs> dun, dun, dun. fantastic beasts crime oh <laughs> it's so dark dun, dun, dun. Um, the next one's just going to be fantastic beasts and the suicide of Grindelwald or something they're just going to up it really but really really well fantastic beasts there's a in this one <laughs> And then the final one is just Fantastic Beasts. Everyone f-ing dies. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you might want to cut that out. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm going to cut this entire joke <laughs> out. Anyway. Um. So, initial thoughts on this movie, half Blood oh, Prince. Okay. What do we think going into this? See, this is one of the ones I haven't watched that much as well. And I really enjoyed it again. I feel like I've been neglecting this film a lot, and I yeah. probably shouldn't have been, yeah. because even like, I still prefer Prisoner of Azkaban. But this, this is a banger. This really brings it. This really, brings like, this it. is really good. Um, this is when like David Yates fully finds his like step in with Harry Potter. Definitely. He, um, I I think this is the first Harry Potter film I saw at the cinema. I saw the rest of them on DVD. I wasn't as much of a cinema kid as I am now. <laughs> yeah, all you do, is like, you had a bloody limitless pass and everything. Well, yeah. D- what was your s- record? Like 200 odd in a year or something like 125. that? 125. 125 In, tw- in trips 2018, a year. I watched 91 new movies. In 2018. How many times I mean? did you re watch Bloody Logan then? That was 2017. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, I forgot. I think I saw Spend that for that long since Logan? Yeah, I think I went to see that four times, maybe five. God. Um. Anyway, we getting beside the point. Half Prince. Um. Let's go through it. Yeah. Lord Voldemort is tightening his grip on both the Wizarding and Muggle worlds, kidnapping a One Maker, uh, Ollivander. Yeah. From Diagon di- Diagonally. Diagonally. <laughs> Do you say? diagonally? Di- says it? Diagonally. And uh, and destroying the Millennium Bridge, so they. Um, mm-hmm. I think that looks really good, and it's a really intense yeah. opening. See, the thing is, though, like they've they've shown no interest in destroying the Muggle world at all. Recent, like in almost any of these movies, and now out of nowhere, it's just like, right, I'm going to destroy this bridge because you know we don't like Muggles now. Yeah, basically. that's it. it. Is legit, like they don't even explain we don't like Muggles now. It's just like, ah, yeah, well. Well, the, the, this one, like the fourth one, it just basically opens with a terrorist attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, like, these movies just like opening with terrorist attacks now. <laughs> I'm interested, because I've not watched Deathly House Part 1 in forever, so I'm interested to see how that opens, because I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be another terrorist attack. I, you know what, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, the, the eighth one, Part 2, that's probably going to open halfway through a terrorist attack, just so, you know... A bit like of variety, make it a bit more, yeah. Exactly. Um, so the Malfoy family is disgraced when Lucius is apprehended and sent to Azkaban for his involvement with the Death Eaters. Voldemort ah. chooses instead chooses to chooses Draco to carry out a secret mission at Hogwarts. Uh, Draco's mother and aunt, Bellatrix the Strange, seek help from Severus Snape, who claims to have been acting as a mole within the Order of the Phoenix all along. So, like in the in the Order of the Phoenix, they say that yeah, we know that Severus was a Death Eater, but he's now on our side. He was just a rat. He was just a mole there Yeah, and now he's he's like a triple agent. It seems <laughs> um, possibly, or is he a quadruple agent? Oh my God! Uh, Snape makes an unbreakable vow with Draco's mother to protect Draco and fulfill the assignment if he fails. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I do <laughs> what the um, hell was that was that a burp or a scream a bit of both <laughs> the um, answer is yes the first time we see Harry he's in like this little cafe on the tube and he yeah. he meets this girl this that, is the first one that doesn't open in the Dursley house or no, with the Dursley family no it's not the fourth one doesn't shut up <laughs> <laughs> Jesus it's the second one that doesn't open with them. Um, but this is this is actually the first one that doesn't open with the family does the family or running and a mining. Alright, my words. <laughs> um Yeah, he like we see in this scene that Harry's got game, you know. He starts flirting with the waitress. He calls himself a tosser, which I think is funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly like the best line in this movie. Yeah. Oh, he's a bit of a tosser really. Yeah. I like, ah. Um then he looks out over the tracks and sees Dumbledore and he's like, oh no, what's gonna happen here? And he's standing in front of a billboard that's like a touch of magic, like for a perfume. He's like nice. <laughs> um then where does it I've lost my place. Uh Harry So <laughs> he carrier companies Dumbledore from Surbiton, I guess that's the tube line, to the village of Budley Babberton to visit former potions professor Horace Slughorn. Um, I forget his name, who plays him. Jim Broadbent. There we go. Jim Broadbent, he's so good in this movie. He's fantastic in this movie. Yeah. He's He's my favourite character in this one. And and if, and as well, it's important that he works, because if he doesn't work, this movie falls flat, because he's such a big part of this movie. He is like the integral part to the entire, like... Voldemort learning about the, the Horcruxes. Yeah, like the only reason Voldemort knows about that is because of him. Exactly. Um. So uh, he, this uh, Slughorn's been in hiding. He and he agrees to return to teach at Hogwarts. Dumbledore. Yes. Dumbledore then takes Harry to the Burrow, um, where he reunites with his best friends. Rot. It always says with his best friends Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. Um, the three you know v- what, though they're not that good of friends. Like they can He just puts them in danger constantly, and they're just <laughs> like, "Yeah, screw it." He's a chosen one, so we kind of have to. We look cool now. There's a line later on that really makes me giggle. Um, Go on. He, Harry's talking about like uh, talking about a love potion, and Hermione looks at some girls says, "You know that girl over there? Whatever her name is, she's con- she's concocting a love potion for you." And he says what like, really? really and she and he, and he and he says what and she's like what what she's only doing this cuz he thinks she thinks she's the chosen one and he says well i am, oh, the, I chosen am the chosen one <laughs> <It's> like, yes <laughs> my guy come on use your strengths lad just play to your strengths the be the bonus. chosen one. <laughs> again I you, this is the one with the horny teenagers <laughs> um then the three visit fred and georgie's uh, George Weasley's uh, new joke yeah. shop at Diagon Alley and see Draco yeah, and entering the, um... Nocturne Alley. Yeah. Were you, you going to say something? Uh, yeah, it's just the fact that they uh, they scammed their own brother. Yeah, yeah that's like... really funny. <laughs> just like, five galleons. I'm your brother. Ten galleons. Yeah, love that. Absolutely. <laughs> love that. That. Yes. That's the best thing. Um, they see Draco entering Nocturne Alley with a group yeah. of Death Eaters, including Fenrir Greyback. Do we learn his name? I, I think it's on Wanted Posters. Um, but he's the one with like the big line down the middle of him. Yeah. With the ponytail. Um, yeah. Harry believes Voldemort has made Draco a Death Eater, but Ron and Hermione are sceptical. On the Hogwarts Express, Harry hides in the slithery carriage using his invisibility invisib- b- b- cloak. <laughs> but is spotted and petrified by Malfoy. Uh, yeah. Harry's Harry's found and saved by Luna Lovegood. Hey, Luna! And she's got the weird glasses on. I like that. she's yeah, got the weird glasses on. I love Luna. She's um, the best. At Hogwarts, Harry and Ron borrow textbooks from Slughorn's potions class. And Harry is stuck with a copy that turns out to be filled with helpful notes and spells left by the Half Blood Prince. Property of the Half Blood Prince. Yes, I like this and scene. The, um... I really like this scene when Harry and Ron open that cupboard and there's one like horrible book and yeah. one like brand new book, it's and they fight over it. The high school thing ever. Yeah like i'm pretty sure i did that when i was a kid <laughs> 100% all, like no matter what you go for the new looking book yeah if you're handing out if like, you're handing out uh, books you give all the horrible books to the people you don't like and the nicer books to exactly the people you do like. um harry but then uses... there's also the fact that like the fo- in the following scene harry is like learning how to make all these potions and like that and um they're fighting to get the um the potion of luck isn't it i can't remember what the potions called. Uh, liquid luck it's um liquid luck um Felix Felicis or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll. There's a link to it. Hang on. Felix Felicis. Yeah. There you go. So Felix Felicis, and there's the fact that like Hermione's just the tryhard of every single class. Oh, she's fuming. And she all of the instructions. It's like crush it with your knife. No, the textbook says not to do it. No, trust me, push it with your knife. Yeah, I'm not doing it. She's fuming. I, I love this. Um, so Harry uses the book to excel in the class and impress Slughorn, winning a liquid look potion. Uh, yes. Ron becomes keeper of the Gryff- Gryffindor Quidditch team and forms a romantic relationship with Lavender Brown. Up- See, I actually love this just because of how annoying she is. Um, hang on. I'm sure that... Um, hang on. Are you sure it's missing a scene? No. Yep, that's what I thought. Lavender Brown is in the earlier Harry Potter movies, <laughs> but <laughs> in this, she's a uh, she's white, and in the earlier films, she's black. <laughs> they recast, recast her as soon as she got a decent role. That's insane. Yep. How did they get yeah. away with that? Because it's Harry Potter and it's Britain. That's crazy. That's how. Oh my god! It's disgusting, though, that, the fact that like they recast it to a white person. Like almost every single person in this movie who's an integral character is white. Bro, like someone, someone put a post on Reddit that says puberty hit Lavender Brown hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's in, she's in the a second like one. A she's in the second one, and she's in a divination lesson. So I think that's in the third one. mm Hmm. And then in the sixth one, she's she's white and blonde. Sick, unbelievable. Yeah, I honestly that's I, the world of um the world of filmmaking for you. Yeah, I honestly that's the second that like a character gets a integral role, they have to fit that character's the other characters type. Yeah, obviously, uh... runs a racist. <clears throat> that is what we've learned. Runs I... racist. Um, anyway, th- this upsets Hermione. Not the fact that she's yeah. white now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fact that she's no, that's getting why. off with Ron. That um, is why. Women power. Harry consoles Hermione and admits that he now has feelings for Ron's younger sister, Ginny. Right, okay, okay. They have no chemistry in any film. And the only hint that you get that they might form a relationship down the line is that she just keeps getting scared by Harry. Like every time. There's also. Every time she looks at him, she's like, like he saves him Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Yeah. And he thought about saving her in a... Because she was one of the drowned people in um, Goblet of Fire, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and he thinks about saving her, but he gets saved, like, you know, she saves him. Oh, wait, no? I'm I'm confused. I've confused myself. Wait, I thought she was. No, she's not. No, No, she can't be. I'm remembering it wrong. Yeah, you are. I am. Yeah. Dang. <coughs> Damn, son. Damn. Um. Yeah, I don't get this relationship. I know it's in the books, but I just... in. Movie I think it's probably it just explained a lot more in the books than it is in the films, because in the films, you don't really get much of a build-up for their relationship. It's just like, oh, sh-t. We forgot to make it so that these two are going to be together down the line. Yeah. Let's just make them really awkward together and like harry and hermione totally should have got together they like they, they, they're the better couple no
1: they're... i
0: prefer hermione and ron because they're just awkward together and it's dead cute no but because Hem- and... they're the odd couple like hermione and, and harry are a predictable couple yeah hermione and ron are not at all because they're both like they both just have similar interests and like you yeah, don't you'd... annoy That's each the other. Thing. That's the thing about movies. They always put people together who are like completely different just for the sake of story. But like in real life, well, yeah. you don't get with someone random, you get with someone that has similar interests with you. True, but at the same time, you also go for somebody who you can convert into your interests so that you can just make feel feel better. Say if like someone you you start dating someone, you find out that they they haven't watched Breaking Bad. You make them watch Breaking Bad. You, you share your interest with that person rather than just like saying, "Oh, yeah, I like this too," because then it becomes a bit boring and becomes less of a challenge in a relationship. That's why that kind of thing happens in films. You have to have challenge in a relationship because for it to be, you know, worthwhile, there's challenge well, in that relationship. A lot of it because Ron's a slob and Hermione's actually just a generally nice person who tries hard at school. Also, she's like pining over Ron. How has that happened? How have they made it? Like, Ron is punching. She's way out of his league. True. I think it's more because of their, like, friendship, though, that she likes him. <sighs> anyway. Because he's he's always been kind of... He's always been nice to her, and everybody else is, you know... Like, Harry's been nice to her, but Ron cares about her. He worries about her. Yeah. She hasn't had that before. The only guy that she's been out with is a... So anyway, Ron... (laughs) So uh, Harry wants to bang Ron's sister. Um, (laughs) Harry then spends the Christmas holidays with the Weasleys. On on Christmas Eve, Harry discusses his suspicions about Draco to the Order of the Phoenix. His suspicions are dismissed, but Arthur Weasley later tells Harry privately that that the Malfoys may have been interested in a vanishing cabinet. Um, Bellatrix and Greyback attack and burn down the burrow, drawing Harry Mm -hmm. into a battle. Uh, he saves Ginny before the Order arrives and fights off the Death Eaters. Uh, that's a good scene. That's a really good scene. It looks incredible. It's really intense. The yeah. camera is perfect. Like, uh, we- the shaky cam works really well. It does, and, like, the lack of music at parts. Yeah. When when he runs into just, the cornfield. It, in such an open space, they were somehow able to get something so claustrophobic feeling yeah. because you don't know, like, they're in just one circle. Yeah. And they've got this entire cornfield to hide in. You don't know where they're coming from. No. You can just hear the, the slight running in the distance and it's it's done really well. I thought that was brilliant. Um I I think this is a good time to mention that this movie was nominated for Best Cinematography at the Oscars. Does not surprise me. Doesn't yeah, it fully deserves it. This is a beautiful yeah. looking movie. Yeah. Um he said yeah, he saves Ginny. Uh, the order fight off the Death Eaters. I think so. Like Ginny runs out after after Harry, thinking I'm going to protect Harry. He literally killed the basilisk for you, love. <laughs> I don't think you need to protect him. <laughs> um, at Hogwarts, Dumbledore reveals to Harry that Slughorn possesses a memory of Voldemort that Dumbledore desperately needs. He asks Harry to confront Slughorn and retrieve the real memory. After being given an altered version that made it appear as though Slughorn did not know anything, and uh, Harry is unable to convince Slughorn. Yeah, he he asked he's asking him about uh uh-uh. and he's like, "What? What are you saying?" Mm-mm. He's like, "No, you can't say that." <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> it's like when I bleep things out. People are like, "What?" You yeah, literally. But it's what like did he say? <laughs> There'll um, always be that speculation of did he say that one word. Yeah. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> but he could have. He could have. And I will. Jesus. Ninkum poop. Nih. We are the knights who say Nih. <laughs> <laughs> we are no longer the knights who say Nih. We are now the knights who say Ippy, <laughs> Ippy, 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 Patang. No, a double. You shouldn't know, like, that entire bit. <laughs> um, after, Ron, uh, after Ron accidentally ingests a love potion intended for Harry, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Harry cures him with Slughorn's help. The trio celebrate with mead that Slughorn has intended to gift to Dumbledore. The mead poisons Ron, and Harry is forced to save his life after Slughorn hesitates. Ron this. murmurs Hermione's name while recovering in the infirmary, causing Lavender to end their relationship. Uh, Harry confronts Draco about the mead and a cursed necklace and the two duel. Uh, Harry uses a curse from the half Prince's potion book to severely injure Malfoy, who is rescued and healed by Snape. This is a good fight. It's such an intense scene though, because once again, these are children and Sectumsempra is yeah. able to kill somebody. And like they, again, little music, very little music. Oh yeah. But they're going That, that plays it. really well, to, like to this scene. Like it's the sound design you want to listen to. Yeah, You want to listen to the, like to the running along the wet, or like the, the wet tile, and the this, leaking to- toilets, and like, that. it needs to be there. Yeah. This movie as well, that with music. We, we, we alluded to this in the last episode, but like, this is the movie where Malfoy becomes a character. Oh yeah, this is when he's actually there now. He doesn't just say, oh, Potter. Your dad's dead. You're a mug. Oh, your mum's dead. You're a mug." Like he doesn't just constantly shout racial slurs and <laughs> say he's rich. Like, yeah, he he has a job to do now. He and has it, something, and it's tearing as a him apart. To do it's tearing yeah. him apart because like the reason Harry follows him is because he he finds like... he sees that girl with the cursed necklace. And like she's alive, she's all right now. And he's looking at her, and he's like near tears. He's like he feels so bad. And then he Mm. runs to the toilet crying and just lashes out at Harry. So like he's he he, he's so torn by this, and you can see it in his face. Um, What's it? Tom Felton does really well in this. He's a he's a really great he's a really great great inclusion in this movie. Harry, yeah, Harry uses that curse. Uh, fearing the book may be filled with more dark magic. Ginny and Harry hide it in the Room of Requirement and mm-hmm. uh, share their first kiss. It's really awkward. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cat Harry's just an awkward kisser. <laughs> this one wasn't like, wet. This one definitely wasn't. And this wet. one wasn't wet. But... Um, but like Ron runs up to him afterwards, like, "Did you and did you and Ginny do it?" And he's like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> What? Who are you? What a ginny. Yeah. I did not bang your sister. I mean, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Harry decides to use his liquid look potion to convince Slughorn to give up the memory Dumbledore needs. Uh, Harry views the memory with Dumbledore. This scene, by the way, it completely skips this whole scene. Uh, we see a funeral for the giant spider from the second one with Hagrid. Yeah. I, I love It's really really nice. I really like Daniel Radcliffe in this scene in particular because he drinks the liquid look <laughs> and then he's like right okay you need to talk look on right go to Hagrid I'm going to go Hagrid. Yeah, what? <laughs> and he's just I've just like, got a, I've got a feeling. You know what he got a feeling? No. He sh- he's like I'm going to go Hagrid's. <laughs> he plays it really well. He's he's like drunk yeah. but not like stumbling about drunk, like he's got the drunk he's confidence. He's drunk. He's got. He's literally got drunk confidence, and he's even acting like he's drunk when uh, it's just like Aragut's thing. things. Just like, oh, he had all the legs or something like that. It's like I think it's the eyes that put him off and the pincers. Yeah, he's like, Shh. <laughs> that's so funny. It's- he does the predator thing Anytime. <laughs> time. Wah wah wah, wah. That bit made me die of laughter. Just the fact that he started doing that I was like, this is his dead best friend, Harry. Come on, mate, have a bit of class. Um, th- there's not much Hagrid in this movie, or the last movie, really. No, Hagrid's like an integral part to this series, and he's not in it. I, I demand more Hagrid. I want a yeah, Hagrid solo movie. He's in. The, he's in the first. He's in the first four a lot, a decent amount, yeah. and then. The second half of this franchise, he just sort of goes away a bit. Which, I guess, he came back through memes. I guess makes sense because he's a big part of that kid adventure. He's like the teacher that's on their side, kind of thing. And now now that they don't have those kid style adventures, they don't really need him as much. Well, there's also the fact that, like, he's grown up with them in a sense, like, they're not having the kid adventures. He's also considering, like, he's not being on the kid adventures with them. He's off doing important stuff. Yeah, I suppose. Like in behind the plot, he's actually like in the plot. He's doing important stuff for Dumbledore. Yeah, and that's what's really interesting about it. Like he's not—he's not just the fact that he's been written off. Just like, oh, we don't need Hagrid anymore. It's like the Dumbledore needs Hagrid now. Yeah. Rather than them needing him, and I think that's pretty <clears throat> smart because Harry gets more more than enough <clears throat> help anyway now. Yeah. Like, Harry is constantly being helped by his friends, by the teachers, even Snape at times. And they're starting to like, no matter what, Harry's got help. He doesn't need Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid's still probably his best friend. Definitely. Because Hagrid's just great. Um I want they, a friend like Hagrid. And so after this funeral, all three of them go back to Hagrid's cabin and have a drink. And Hagrid's, Hagrid and um, Slughorn are completely wasted. Hagrid passes out. And Slughorn sat there, and he's saying like, he just opens his heart, and this is where you really see. Um, I keep forgetting his name, Jim Broadbent. You really see Jim Broadbent yeah. acting in this scene, and he's he's so good, he's so good. He's just like pouring his heart, out. he's like, it was that li- mo- it's that movie where he's talking about Lily, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, oh, she man. gave me a, she gave me a fish, and on the day she died, it. it The fishbowl was empty. Yeah, it's just the fact that, like, it was a lily. And it until, just before it floats to the bottom, it turned into a little fish. (laughs) Like, aww. Dude. And then he he gives him the memory and says, this is going to ruin me. I didn't mean it to be for anything to happen. Yeah. And then... So then Harry views the memory with Dumbledore and learns that Voldemort wanted information for creating Horcruxes, magical objects that can contain pieces of a wizard's soul and make them immortal. Dumbledore concludes that Voldemort successfully divided his soul into seven pieces by creating six Horcruxes, two of which have already been destroyed. Tom Riddle's Diary by Harry and Marvel O'Gaunt's Ring by Dumbledore. Uh, The two travel to a seaside cave where Harry aids Dumbledore in drinking a potion that hides another Horcrux, Slytherin's locket. This scene is belting. This scene is terrifying at times as well. Yep. Like, it's so... Not only is it dark in, like, the actual content, like, it's an actual just dark scene. You can't see much what's going on for a reason. Yeah. Like, he has to literally cast Lumos Maximus or Maximo so that he can see further into the cave. Yeah. He, he like, and, and he's slowly killing Dumbledore basically by making him drink yeah. this. And th- this is a great, this is a great scene as well for Michael Gambon to really show his his range. Because at the moment because yeah. all the way through this series, he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm Dumbledore. I'm gonna talk cool, you know. Yeah, and Then that one scene. But no, then in this, in this, as soon as he takes that potion, he's just like a shell of a man. Oh God, yeah. It's insane. He's just like, "Kill me, kill me, just please, kill me." And he's like, "No, please stop it, Harry, stop it." And he's crying. He doesn't even sound like Dumbledore or even look like him. It's um, a really well He done just scene. sounds like a dying man. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. And then they get the locket and um... do the thing. Yeah, they do the thing. Though the, Harry gets, tries to get him some water, and those creatures jump out. That me up. That, yeah. that scene up. <laughs> I forgot about that bit. And of, I'm not gonna lie, the jump scare got me. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the best jump scares in like a non horror movie for me. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. Um, they that like, Harry's getting dragged down by them, and Dumbledore whips out some fire, and he's like, "Yo, Wagwan, let's peek <laughs> these guys up." And just yeah. like, flames them all. Flame on! <laughs> he literally um, flames on. Then um, He's the firebender. Oh, there we go. A weakened Dumbledore defends them from Inferi and apparates back to Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, Bellatrix, Greyback, and other Death Eaters enter Hogwarts with Draco's help through the vanishing cabinet in the Room of Requirement that Draco managed mm-hmm. to connect to the one he'd been working on in Nocturne Alley. Um, Dumbledore instructs Harry to talk to Snape and no one else. Draco arrives in the astronomy tower and disarms Dumbledore, revealing that he has been chosen by Voldemort to kill him. This scene is so well done because, like, it's not a battle of good and evil, it's a battle of evil, battling evil to help the good in a sense. Yeah, because like it, it's the fact that Draco's like battling his internal evil because he has to kill Dumbledore otherwise Dumbledore's oh, otherwise Voldemort's gonna kill Draco. Yeah, even though, and he doesn't want to do it. Like he he cursed somebody earlier so that he wouldn't have to kill him himself with his bare hands. Yeah, and doesn't want to cross that line yet. Yeah, he's still. I even though he's an, an evil little. He's still a kid. No matter what, he is a kid. And he's ha- he's been made to do this horrendous act. Yeah. And um, then, out, like, Snape comes in and saves the day for him by doing it for him. Yeah, so Harry is hiding below uh, all this yeah. happening. And Snape arrives. And um, you think, for a second, you're like, oh, yes, right, okay, he's going to stop him. But then you're like, no way, Snape was with them earlier. Oh, God, he's that that unbreakable charm. Oh no, yeah. he's going to... And then he... Avada Kadabra's like, Dumbledore. Yeah, like, but the fact is, like, instead, that's not just like, Snape turning evil, that's Snape stopping himself and Draco from dying. Because, like, as is revealed earlier, if you break an unbreakable bond, you die. Yeah, and that's Bellatrix the Strange. She's like the kind of girl, she's the kind of woman that would... At a party, when everyone's drunk and having a good time, would like whip out a, a knife and start snorting cocaine off it. She's nah, just she, like, she, we can I, take I, this further, party. guys. Let's play that really she, dark she'd be game. At a high school party, and she'd just start stabbing her own things with a knife. You know when you just do like the um, like trying to not hit your fingers. Oh, the aliens thing. Yeah, she would do that. Yeah, <laughs> just out of nowhere, she'd be in the middle of class just doing that. Yeah she's the girl that cuts 100%. holes in her tights at school yes 100%. <laughs> um so um draco is able to do it so uh snape kills dumbledore he later overpowers harry and reveals himself as the half-blood prince before dun, dun, dun. escape before escaping with the death eaters harry yeah. returns to hogwarts where the students and staff mourn dumbledore's death he later reveals to Ron and Hermione that the locket Horcrux was a fake. The locket <sighs> contains a message from RAB stating that he has stolen the real Horcrux with the intent of destroying it. As they decide to forego their final year at Hogwarts, Harry, Ron and Hermione decide to track down the remaining Horcruxes together. Um, We've kind of blasted through this movie, but... It's yeah. a belter. It really is. It's I can't because like I watched it a few days ago and I just I there's not many points I want to say about it. I just enjoyed watching the movie more than anything else. Definitely. I didn't. I like when you're watching this film, you don't read into it. You're not thinking, "Oh, what's what's going on behind the lines?" Because you you're constantly told and you're constantly like in the scene. You're thinking, <laughs> even if you've seen it before, you're constantly thinking, "Oh my god, this is." This is so dark, or this is horrifying, this is dead depressing. Yeah. Like, the, the scenes just make you feel rather than make you question everything. So, that's why I haven't like, had as many points as I have about every other film. Even yeah. though my favourite is still Prisoner of Azkaban, I will always ask questions because it's an earlier film in the franchise. Yeah, it is. They didn't, like, they've only just found their footing properly, and it's six films in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, they, they finally they, found their footing of they, like the perfect, you know, levels of darkened humor. Yeah, and da- dark, and humor, and the romance. Because they, yeah, they, my, I remember my mum seeing this. This, like I said, this is the first one I saw at the cinema, and my mum saw it with me, and she, she loves the books, and she was really wound up by this movie because they changed a few things and they made it like the heightened the romance element. Um, is that a bad thing, though? I I don't think it is for this movie. I think it was needed it, to be honest. Because like works it, well in between all of that. Like considering like this entire bloody, all these events are so damn dark. Yeah. Like we kind of needed something to lighten the mood a bit. Exactly. So you need a bit of romance um, in these films. I think the the main thing as well that they changed was the uh, the burning of the weasley's house that isn't in this movie that is actually in the seventh book yeah so there you go that's another one um but this like i said earlier this movie was nominated for best cinematography and with well deserved well very well deserved um this is one of the better ones i'd say it's up there with prisoner of azkaban i'm going with a big old nine out of ten for this I was gonna say same either I was gonna to lean towards an A, but I think a nine is it's needed because yeah, it's that like, one like Albus's like Dumbledore's death scene is just phenomenal. Yeah. It's such a beautiful scene in the way it's shot. In the fact that it kinda of goes silent, just the music, watching him fall. Also, he falls down, he should he would be splattered. Completely, but yeah, he just lay there resting. See, he's like, and he's like, his arms are by his side, but his arms are like flailing about. So he'd be like, and like he's had to be caved in, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> at the same time, like it's a kids' film, Thunder. I know, I'm I not know. To show that. I know. God, kids want... are about to see his body I just, as well. I just like, want a bit of realism see see in my wizard movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want some realism in this Harry Potter film for kids. Um, where wizards and owls exist (laughs) because owls don't exist in real world obviously obviously um yeah like with with prisoner of azkaban that's like a 9.2 9.3 whereas this is like (laughs) do not be doing a 100 point system no but like but like on the scale and this is like an 8.8 8.9 so they're both nines that's where i'm going with that oh god i'm just going with the both nines they're both a nine out of one over the other yeah uh so, yeah, Apple Prince. It's worse than IGNU. It's, <laughs> it's a banger. It's 8. a banger. 8 not enough water. <laughs> there was a decent amount of blood in this one, so it kind of lives up to the name. Um, yeah. Well, there was half the blood in the next one, though. Half the blood so. in the next one. Um, half the blood in the next one. So, it was the half blood prince. It was. It was. David, we've talked about five Harry Potter 5 and 6. Now let's do some recommendations. Oh, no, wait, no, we don't do recommendations. David, I want me to you to sell me your movie. What movie are you AKA selling me today? The, TV exa- show? the exact same thing of what, have been, you know, what we were doing in the first place just got a different name. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> sell me your movie or your TV show or your game uh, or your book if you're a nerd. See, see is that going to be the catchphrase for this entire thing? Yeah, no. <laughs> every week, every week. Every, uh, I see I watched two films and I've started watching a TV series but I don't want to do three so I'm going to do two I'm going to do the TV series and I'm going to do one of the films okay uh, the one film I'm I'm going to give the other film an honourable mention so the honourable mention is going to be one for the world of people crap I, um, I, we, we talked about it last week on the podcast we did I ended up um, watching it uh, basically the day after we recorded because I was bored I saw it, it was on um, Amazon Prime and so I thought screw it I'm going to watch it I really enjoyed it Uh, just go watch it. That's my honourable mention. My actual recommendation is going to be The Platform um, on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, I believe. Yeah. Uh, It's a Spanish thriller um, and it is a very strange film. So it is... I'm going to get the um, the IMDB for this. Because I... It's hard to explain like from just me. I'm very bad at explaining films in the first place and the plots. But um, this one, it's... A somewhat strange film. Uh, so the platform has got seven out of ten on IMDb. I think it should deserve a bit more than that, but you know that's just my opinion. Um, a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, only one one only food uh, food platform, and two minutes per day to feed from up to down. An endless nightmare trapped in a hole. So basically, it is a film where the um, like it's it's saying a vertical prison three hundred and thirty three levels two people per level where basically you can just you get two minutes to eat but the thing is the food goes from like the first level to level zero from level zero all the way down to level three hundred and thirty three and that means that three hundred and thirty three people just have to eat the food that was on that platform there's a lot of food on there and it is incredible how nice it all looks like it it is full on restaurant food like, it is impeccable looking. And it's even explained, like, it goes as deep in the film as it slightly hints at what happens with the food and how it's prepared. And the guy who runs the prison, a.k.a. probably the warden, I'm, I imagine. I don't yeah. know if he is the warden, but I he's kind of like a warden. He, um, The guy who expects the food goes absolutely insane over these prisoners having one hair on one of the dishes on the entire like surface of the food. So there's a singular hair on one dish and he's gone mental, even though he's, he's feeding prisoners. And that's because for the first 50 levels, you're probably going to eat quite well because you've got food for 100 people on there, but this has got to feed 666 people. Okay. And so it's going further and further down. And basically you're, At some point, you're just not eating for a month because you're on there. You're on one level for a month, and then it's randomised which level you go on to. So the story goes from um, this one guy. He um, wakes up randomly on one of the levels with um, this old guy. He finds out what level is he on. What level he is on. He tries to eat, and he explains, "Yeah, you're probably not going to get as much food as say if you were up there." And it is horrifying what some people will do. Because it's learned later on that some people, a lot of people just die in this. Some people just jump down the hole. Right. Because, you know, they're they're in a prison for a month. They don't like the person they're with or they can't handle not being able to eat for a month or whatever. Some people turn to killing each other and eating each other. It's, it's an insane film. It goes madder and madder. And my one gripe with it is that I think it should have been longer. Because the ending is very abrupt. Right. And I feel like that subplot of the warden going mental about the food and everything like that should have been explained a lot more. Because that would have been really interesting to look into why he's so annoyed that this one person had one hair on uh, one of the many dishes. Like, why is he so, you know, obsessed with that? Because he was—he went insane. He fired the guy who did it and everything, and I'm pretty sure the guy ended up going into the cell. Right. Like, so I'm pretty—I that, think the, that's one of the, the things that happened. It's a very strange film. I 100 percent recommend it. It's better, but it is subtitles. So, if you okay. don't like that, just come on, just watch the films. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> It just re- just read the movie. Come on. <laughs> I know you're watching a film so that you don't have to read it, but still just read the movie. It's a fantastic film. <laughs> Go on, what What's your other what 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 else are you telling um, me? The TV show I've been watching is um, Peaky Blinders. A lot of people don't already know what it is. Um but yeah, I'm gonna get the big, Uh Peaky. So I'm I'm one quite, of the ten I'm one of the like one percent of people that hasn't seen it. I was um for a while. And uh, I thought, screw it, I'm gonna watch it. A gangster family epic set in 1919, Birmingham, England, sent them a gang who saw razorblade who saw Razorblades in the peaks of their caps, and their first boss, Tommy Shelby. So it's um it's very well known. It's got Cillian Murphy, Kill- um, Killing Finkel. Murphy. I-, I don't care. <laughs> uh Paul Anderson, Helen McCrory, and even um Tom Hardy in Tom. from the second season onwards for a bit. Thomas Hardy. Uh, I, Tom Hardy is my favorite character in this show. <laughs> the second he's introduced, he becomes the best character. <laughs> he he's known as the Wandering Jew, and considering this is set after the after World War One, that's a big thing. And he's like the another leader of a gang, hates Italian people. This that, and the other. Everyone's very racist to each other. But like the moment that he's introduced, you see him and Tom Shelby just like trying to talk business, but Tom Hardy just pulls a gun on him and just says, what would happen if I shot you in the face right now? It would go bone flesh bone cabinet. What would happen? And he keeps on saying it. we would have to cut the cabinet in half, wouldn't I? I'd have to, I'd have to cut the cabinet in half, put it into little pieces, into two barrels said one barrel one way across the world, another one to Timbuktu. Have you ever been to Timbuktu? No. Do you want to go? No. Like, that moment is so terrifying because he's literally threatening to cut him up in half and send half of his body to Timbuktu. Wow. Okay. So, it's incredible, honestly... Like, that show... it The the end of the third season's really fun. It's, it's, it's about to be a big shootout. And then everything just goes haywire. End of the second season is just mental. End of the third season is mental. I'm on the fourth right now. <laughs> um, I think I'm on episode two of season four. Maybe episode three. I can't remember. They're like six episodes each season. An hour long. 100% recommend. And I know, obviously, every single person in the world has said, Oh, watch Peaky Blinders. It's the same as, like, with... Game of Thrones when everybody was just telling you to watch Game of Thrones. But this got an ending and then the creator said now nah, I'm going to continue doing it because people want it. Rather than people wanting more and the creators doing less because they couldn't be asked doing it anymore because they got a Star Wars deal. And then that got taken away from them. And then that got taken away from them because Ain't they destroyed funny. their entire thing. <laughs> they destroyed their legacy. So uh, Peaky Blinders. Cool. D binders. Fantastic. D-binders. Um, I've got um I'm gonna do the same as you. I'll I'll start off with a uh, honourable mention. My honourable mention is Spotlight on Netflix. Um it's a movie about uh the in set in Boston and a newspaper team called Spotlight at the Boston Globe uncovering um um pedophile priests. Lovely. Um, it's it's a it's you know it's very dramatic and you know it's not it's not a fun watch but it's very good very good the script is fantastic everyone's great in it Uh, so spotlights on Netflix Uh, the other movie is uh, District 9 on Netflix see I've been meaning to watch this for a very long time me too it's Neil Blomkamp isn't it? it it is it is Neil Blomkamp Blomkamp if i can say his name. he did a um, Chappie Chappie D- and uh, elysium see i I've, I've watched both of those and not district, not district 9, nine which district nine district... is the one that people tell you should watch yeah district nine and is I'm the so good one i like the robot dog he looked <laughs> cute yeah so district nine is set in south africa and it's part document part documentary and part you know new footage it kind of utilizes both uh, like I, I should say, doc- it's mockumentary, so it's not real, but it's yeah. using the documentary format, and it's about um, in the eighties, um, this big alien spaceship, big you know flying saucer lands over South Africa, in um, Johannesburg, and just sits there, and then all yeah. these aliens come out, and they just you know they just they live in South Africa. But they keep them apart from everyone because they don't, you know, people are people are horrible, and they want to get rid of all the aliens, so they put them in one little uh, little area. It's a it's a good social, social commentary on like um, racism in South Africa because it's crazy that like you know they, they had apartheid in South yeah. Africa and all that stuff, and now I feel like the aliens. I, are I here. noticed a story from somewhere, but I just remembered where I know the story from. I remember, um, but the South Park did an, did an episode exactly like this, where people travelled from um, from the future. From the they future, they d- gerbs. Yeah, d- gerbs. D- gerbs. When they were taking the cleaning jobs, yeah. it's literally full on social commentary in general on America and like illegal aliens and yeah immigration and everything like that. And I feel like this is the same kind of thing, both for South Africa. Well, and the same, but they but, don't. Think, in that sense. They don't like coming and. In- their jobs they um they come in and they like they treat them like criminals it's kind of like how the how black people are treated like you yeah. know they're just living in the homes and then like someone comes knocking one day and then suddenly they've got a gun in the face they're walking down the street and they've got a gun in the face and they're treated like gangs and so they start doing crime and oh, uh, it's gotcha. about this this one guy who works for a company who's like they're evicting all the aliens from their homes in this, like... Jesus. In this, like... Basically, it's... Like, this run-down... Like, they live in shacks. Like a favela in uh, Bra- yeah. Brazil. They live in favelas, basically. And the, the Queen evicting them all. And while he's out evicting them, this one guy, played by Charlotte Copley... I don't know. He, um... He gets this goo on him and starts turning into one of them. So he like grows an arm, and like his eyes start going out. So it's half. It starts off like almost like The Office, but with aliens. Because like the 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 way he's talking to the camera, it's very much like a, a mockumentary, like a like a, a awkward workplace comedy. Then it turns into a, a Cronenberg-style body horror movie. And then in the end, it becomes this crazy action film. Like the final half an hour, he gets in this giant robot suit and just rips people apart. And it's the most perfect thing. There's a moment he uses a pig as a weapon. It's beautiful. It, like he shoots people and they just explode. It's honestly, it, it's so much fun. Me and my dad were watching it and we, like, we weren't in the best mood from that day. And we we put that on, and like the final half an hour just left us giggling. We were like we're rewinding bits to find other kills. It's a lot of fun <laughs> to watch. Um, yeah, it kind of feels like the movie's wrapping up early on, and then it kind of keeps going. So the pace, the pacing of it's a little weird. But I think it's a cracking movie. It got nominated for best picture that year, fully deserved. And the special effects for two thousand nine for a low budget film like this South African film, it looks fantastic. Um, off. So, yeah, District 9 on Netflix. Check it out. It's it's a belter. Um, the TV show I'm going to recommend is one that me and you know from our childhood. The ITV sci-fi drama Primeval. I knew it was going to be that because you bought it on your thing recently. I got it on iTunes, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, the seasons were so cheap. So I, got, um, I've, I watched the entire first season in one night and then and then I've, I'm towards the end of the second season now. It's it's good. Obviously, it's dated. The CGI is not great. Some of the acting is not great. It's just a really inventive story. So, like, it it's follows... just like Doctor Who, but with time travel and dinosaurs, from what I remember, and it was fantastic. Well, he follows this group of scientists who start seeing these anomalies in time and space... And if you walk through them, it takes you to different times. And most of the time, it goes to the past, to dinosaurs, like millions of years in the past. So dinosaurs are now coming through these anomalies and they've got to stop them from killing anyone and stuff like that. And like, prehistoric creatures. And then sometimes it's future creatures. Um, yeah. And like the, the, the best creature that has come out of this series is the future Predator's. Um, yeah, and their introduction in the last episode of the first season is so good. It's like the best episode of the Definitely. whole show. Um, yeah, if you've not seen it before, maybe check it out. the The second season, the, the first season has a twist at the end that re- basically just gives them an excuse to pump more money into the second season because nice. like, it gives them an opportunity to get like have a soft reboot, <laughs> nice. which I, I find it pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's really enjoyable. Uh, good to just put on. I'm just waiting to get to the third season because that's when I really, really fell in love with the show. See, I remember loving the show when I was a kid, so I'm going to... Once I finish Peaky Blinders, I'm going to uh, Well, once I finish Peaky Blinders, I'm going to finish American Gods. <laughs> then I'm going to finish Preacher. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've started so many TV series recently. There's too and many then shows. I've... Like you the other day I was just like, you know what, I might just start, I'm going to start Peaky Blinds, I might not continue it. And then a day later, I was only season three, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me? When did that happen? Also, why is this show so good? <laughs> um, it just is so addictive. And I feel like Prime Evil is going to be the same kind of thing where it's just like, I'm going to be on one season one day and then two seasons ahead the next. I'm just going to like, yeah, I st- where I, did the time go, man? I started watching an episode of it this morning and then was halfway through it and realized, oh, wait, no, I need to watch Harry Potter. What's, <laughs> what's going on? Wait, what am I doing? Why am I watching this? I need to watch Harry Potter. And then watch the rest of the episode before I started Harry Potter. Um... <laughs> I think that's, that's it. Then is is there anything yeah. else you want to add? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at my Blu-rays. I don't. Know. <laughs> There's none that I want to necessarily suggest. Um, um I'm really just going to add. Hope everybody's staying safe um, yes. during these weird times that we find ourselves in, like all around the world in general. Um, hope the podcast is helping you all. Yes. In yes. some weird way. Yes, I hope so as well. Um, once again, David, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Uh, by the way, if anybody's looking for a good laugh, uh, well, there's two things I'm going to plug here. One isn't something anything to do with me. I just find him really funny. Uh, follow Tommy wazo on Instagram and Twitter because he just posts a lot of stupid stuff. Like I'm, I'm going to show his under it. Like that's just what he posted before. He's a beautiful specimen. <laughs> He's an absolute creature, and I'll look. Like, oh, like, look at that one! <laughs> look at that! <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> he just posts that, like out of nowhere, just posted it. And then there's the stuff that he posts from Animal Crossing that people send him. Oh, my God! So if you're looking, if you're looking for a good laugh, and um, follow Tommy Wizzo. If you're looking for a good laugh and you want to hear my beautiful voice, uh, go subscribe to I King Guy Inside on YouTube. Um, I still haven't been able to set up my YouTube account just because I'm waiting on a logo to be made. Cool. Uh, we are. We currently have another Dead by Daylight video coming out very soon. We um, recorded it the other day. Going to start editing that very soon. um But cool. that'll be other days. Uh, so within the next week, you'll, there'll be another video up there. So feel free to watch. um There'll be more Dead by Daylight videos coming out. We're going to be doing um, Saints red the Third when that comes yes. out, because uh, that comes out on Friday. So we're going to be recording that on Friday, because I want to get it the second. Exciting times. Uh, yeah. If you want to have a look at anything that I've done, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. I remember I sorted the Twitter out. Still don't remember the tag. (laughs) For God's sake. Plug your own stuff whilst I, you know, get Um, this up. I know your Instagram's Instagram's at it's underscore David underscore French. Yep. Uh, My Twitter is at David French 17. There you go. And I'm currently following 420 people. I'm going to keep it at that. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, th- thank you to all you listening out there. Um, as you might recall, a couple of weeks ago, we had Alex Woods on, a member of the band Flat Moon. Um, he told you that they, he had a new single out, Vultures. Well, he's had another one come out um, just yesterday as at the time of recording, and it's called Hold It There. Uh, it's another belter, guys. Trust me. Um, this band is is really up and coming. And they will be big. And uh, go and stream the new songs. Uh, Vultures and Hold It There. Both by Flat Moon. Check them out. And as you know, Alex Woods is a big friend of the show. So um, when he has new music out, we will tell you guys. And hopefully he'll be back on in the next few weeks. We're going to try and get him on. To do something uh, with the Fox Marvel movies again, even though we've just talked about Wolverine, um <laughs> we're not giving him a break from the from Wolverine. No. <laughs> we might be apparently, getting him in. I've, I've apparently um, been roped into this as well, so I have to have to rewatch Origins Wolverine. Yes, yes. Um, if but anyway, anybody we, wants to take my place, feel free to ask Xander. Ju- just a tease. I, I don't want to have to watch that film. Just a tease for now. um But yeah, yes. so that might be coming in the next few weeks. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show go to Tayside Radio's Facebook page and give them a private message use either the term my my name Xander or the film in podcast and it will get back to me let us know what you think of these Harry Potter movies are we in the right is the sixth one one of the best ones do you hate it are we being mean on the fifth one do you like wet kissing <laughs> <laughs> do you like crying when you kiss well here's the product yeah. for you are you a horny teenager <laughs> <laughs> um right <laughs> and if you want to get in touch with me personally my instagram is at the real Zander lw and uh, i think that's my twitter as well. but i don't really use my twitter so yeah thank you so much for tuning in guys and we will see you next week where we will wrap up the main harry potter franchise with the deathly hallows part one and part two we both have some thoughts on them um so it'll be I interesting can't remember my thoughts on them <laughs> it'll still I, be an interesting one. It it'll still be interesting. So yep. make sure you're staying safe out there, guys. Uh wash your hands, all that good stuff, social distancing, and uh hopefully Boris has something <laughs> oh, important to stuff. say next time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Stay safe, Stay safe and goodbye.